Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, and we are back with the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. It is episode five already, and in this episode, I thought we should tackle emotional eating. That's right, my friends. All of these core fundamental issues and dysfunctions we have around food, exercise, our bodies, and our weight, I figured I should just take a sledgehammer to all of the main ones in the first few episodes. So here we go. I promise that by the time you're done listening to this, you will never think of emotional eating in the same way, and that you will have all of the perspectives and the mindsets and perhaps even the skills and tools you need to completely heal and transform this issue once and for all. So let's talk a little bit. Let's start by discussing what most people think emotional eating is. You know, if I just say, hey, emotional eating, or if you see some headline in a blog post or a magazine article or even a podcast title about what you think emotional eating is and how to heal it um, and why it's bad, you know, and all of that good stuff. I, based on my experience, you know, my own personal experience and drama, and then also the experience of speaking with countless women on the topic, I think that most people generally think of emotional eating in this idea of, of eating your feelings, you know, that, that's why it's emotional. You're not eating for physical hunger. You're eating for emotional re- reasons. And those reasons are, you know, you, you get upset and, and you, you don't have the skills or tools necessary to express your feelings or deal with your feelings in a productive way. And so then you're going to eat your feelings to cope. Now, there are a couple little things in there that we can play around with that um, I'm hoping I'll remember to come back to later because I don't really want to go down that tangent right now. Um, so that that's the first kind of thing where you it, it from from it it can it can be dysfunctional and it can also you know just mildly dysfunctional and it can also be like to the extreme, like a binge eating disorder type of thing, where the idea is you have some emotional upset, and then you're going to eat to cope instead of that. And then that's bad. Um, And generally, generally, most of the time, it's considered bad, because you're going to negatively impact that caloric balance sheet and gain weight, right? Nobody really cares if it's some skinny mini girl who gets upset and then eats a bunch of ice cream. In the movies, we see it all the time and we think it's funny and cute, right? So really, pop culture isn't really concerned with the deeper emotional, psychological stuff going on. That The bad thing, so to speak, about emotional eating from a pop culture standpoint and from from most... I would even say, yeah, for most of the people that I that I speak with, it's because it's negatively impacting that caloric balance sheet. So you're going to, you know, eat all of these extra calories that you that you aren't allowed to eat, or it's going to blow your diet or whatever it is. Okay, so that's one piece of emotional eating. 
Another piece of emotional eating is this idea where, you know, you are inspired to do something like eat a cookie or whatever it is, and then you stop yourself. You override your body's impulse because in your mind, that impulse is not on your diet. You know, it's going to negatively impact that caloric balance sheet. So you can't eat that. And so then you're in this period of time where you're white knuckling it and, you know, you're working really hard to do mental gymnastics and and do everything you can to override your body's impulse. And, you, you know, your body starts out with a whisper and then you don't listen to your body and it turns into a scream. So then finally you get to this place where it's like, ah, screw it. And you eat the whole bag of cookies. You know, and then you're upset because you've just eaten the whole bag of cookies. You know, you couldn't just be satisfied with one. You had to eat the whole stupid bag. And then you'll either get into one of two dysfunctions. One is either, okay, I ate the whole bag of cookies and I'm never going to be able to work my way out of this caloric debt that I've somehow gotten myself into. So then I'm just going to keep eating more. And then the cycle kind of continues. Or it ends up being like, oh, I ate a bag of cookies and I'm not going to eat for three days because I have to balance out those calories and make up for it and all of this stuff. And that's generally what people are thinking about when they think about this idea of emotional eating. And I would like to point out right now, if you have been paying attention and if you have even listened to the previous podcasts, that all of this dysfunction is happening within the context of the diet and exercise model. I just thought I'd point that out right there just for you. Isn't that special? All right. So, um, In case this is the first podcast, uh, the first episode you've heard, you have no idea who I am or what I'm about. My name is Carmela Romalia, and uh, my PhD in all of this is from the School of Hard Knocks. Like, I have been there, done that, have the t-shirt, wrote the books. They are called Happy Calories Don't Count, Neither Does Unhappy Exercise, and Food is Not a Four-Letter Word. Everything I teach is original content based on healing my own drama around my body and my weight. At 17, I was hospitalized for anorexia at 80 pounds. By 25, I'd been in treatment four more times. And at 30, I was 200 pounds and suicidal. And I found my way out. I found my way to freedom. I found my way to create a body and a life I love. It is freedom from peace, freedom and peace from all of the food drama. No food drama, no exercise drama. It's all happy. And that's why it's Happy Calories World. I talk about Happy Calories World. And, you know, I feel good in my body and I feel good about my body. And this is the state that that I want to be in. And and there isn't there there isn't another shoe that's going to drop. Okay. So when I talk when I'm speaking, a lot of the a lot of the terms that I use are terms that were not out there in the culture. So I didn't have a reference point to be able to describe something. So I just made it up. Like this idea, diet drama. I'd never heard that before. And what what other word can we use to describe it? That, that sense of anxiety, basically 24-7, about like, what are you going to eat? When are you going to eat? How much are you going to eat? Um, if, you, if you're going out to a restaurant with friends or a date, like, oh my goodness, what is on the menu? What can I eat? Um, how do I feel in my clothes? I feel, I feel, my clothes feel tight or they feel loose. And then suddenly I'm a good girl and, you know, I've, I've achieved my goals or whatever it is. This constant, 
like monkey on your back, this this mild river of misery that is constantly filtering through your psyche, that you're constantly questioning your worthiness and your safety and your place in the world um, based on what's happening with food, exercise, your body and your weight. And, you know, I just call that diet drama. You know, what? what how, how else do you ex- explain it? Diet drama, body drama, the whole thing. And I call there are two states of of mind, two states of consciousness, two states of emotional, psychological, spiritual, mental states or perspectives, if you will, through which you can view this this this, um, what would you call it, this topic, food, exercise, your body, your weight, um, and pretty much life in general. So if you are someone who's dealt with body drama or emotional eating, and it's been a significant part of your life, I'm guessing that you have wandered down the road of personal growth. So you have wandered down the path of perhaps you've had therapy, perhaps you've been, you know, trying to figure out what your mommy issues and your daddy issues are and how to heal your intimacy issues so you won't want to seek comfort in food. And right now, again, I have to, I just have to say it. Yes, I'm Italian, I'm an actress, I get dramatic and I get snarky. And when I am snarky, the snark is never, it's never a snark to you personally. It is to those mindsets that keep you stuck in pain. Those are the things that tick me off. And those are the things that keep getting perpetuated in the culture and in society, even by and especially by all the people who are, are, are theoretically trying to help you heal and transform all of this stuff because heal true healing and transformation cannot occur within the context of the diet and exercise model. So yes, I get up on my soapbox and I get loud and I get ferocious about all of this stuff. Um, and I truly, truly, truly understand the pain. I, I think that's where the ferocity comes from because this has literally been my life and it has literally been a life and death issue with me. And so um, I get the pain and I don't ever want you to feel like you can't reach out to me, um, like I might be snarky or anything like that with you because I get snarky about the model or I get all dramatic and go into my character voices about, you know, the little the little dialogues that we run in our head around all of that stuff. All right. So if you've wandered into the world of personal growth, spirituality, therapy, all of that stuff, you have likely run into people like Louise Hay uh, and and like the whole you can heal your your body, you can heal your life type of thing. You may have run into Marianne Williamson, who teaches based on The Course in Miracles, Wayne Dyer, Abraham Hicks, all of those those types of of things. And one of the big um, things that I hear over and over again, based on my own journey into personal growth, and things that other clients have said to, to me, because I think, to some extent, we kind of attract what we need or what we're what we're looking for, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears type of thing, is over and over again, and especially, I don't know if this is is true generally in spirituality or if it is specifically uh, a, an aspect of A Course in Miracles. And if you know the answer, you can, you know, feel free to let me know. But they talk about these things where there's two states. 
You can look at every it's you can either look at the world through love or you can look at the world through fear. There are only two states, fear and love. That's it. Now, I look at the world when it comes to body image, weight, food, exercise, all of that stuff. I say that you can look through that through at those topics through two lenses as well. And those are through the diet drama lens and through happy calories. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you have been in that world, you might assume that I'm saying the diet drama land is fear and the happy calories world is love. And that is that would be a mistake. I, I'm not making those kinds of analogies, okay? Diet drama land is a framework, a mindset, a set of beliefs and actions, a worldview that is based upon the cultural diet and exercise model. It is a transaction-based model. At its core, it treats your body like a caloric balance sheet and sets up calories as a currency of exchange where you have to pay a price to eat. And that price is exercise or weight gain. And is the, it is that singular idea that disconnects you from the wisdom of your body and therefore creates all of the drama, all of the mind games, all of the loops, all of the craziness about all of this stuff is is born of that simple concept and the resulting disconnection from your body. That is diet drama land. Happy calories world, and again, it's something I made up. I, I made up the state, the name of this state of consciousness uh, based on the title of my first book, Happy Calories Don't Count, Neither Does Unhappy Exercise. And it's the place where I use to describe this other perspective, this other way to look at the world and what's happening. And that is a relationship-based model. So in Happy Calories world, and I think well, I think it's the I think it's the real way of of the world anyway. Um, who am I kidding? But there is no relationship between diet and exercise. Food is food. Exercise is exercise. But because of this calories thing and this this transaction based thing of the diet and exercise model, you know, we know that. But it's some kind of just somehow got into our operating systems like a virus and then just changed the download, whatever it is. But in Happy Calories world, there is no price to pay to eat. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. There is no relationship between diet and exercise. The relationship is between you and your body. And right now I need to say, yes, what you eat is very, very, very important. Food is very important, but food is not important like you think. And the same with exercise. Exercise is very, very, very important, and it is not important like you think. Food and exercise are important because they are each aspects of what your body wants. So you want, you want to develop the relationship with your body, and your body wants food. That's why food's important, because your body wants it, for no other reason than that. Exercise is important because your body wants it. it. Exercise is not a penalty. It is not a punishment. It is not the price you pay to eat. And all of those kinds of thing, thinking, all of those thoughts, all of, all of those little things that you think in your head all come out of that core diet and exercise model. Okay. So um, I've just established we've got two worlds, right? We've got diet drama land where you have to pay a price to eat. Calories are a currency of exchange. And we've got happy calories world over here where your body 
is the is the driving force. You know, your body knows how to create an optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. It is always guiding you in that direction. All you need to do is ditch the diet drama, stop thinking in terms of calories, stop thinking in terms of, of how food or exercise is going to directly impact your body. Let all that stuff go, connect with your body, and then eat whatever it wants exercise however it wants. There is no price to pay to eat. The relationship is between you and your body. So there's a distinction between a transaction-based model and a relationship-based model. All right. Now I want to get back down to this emotional eating thing. And if you've wandered down the path of, you know, therapy, spirituality, personal growth, and all of that stuff, In the traditional notion of emotional eating, emotional eating is bad in the diet and exercise framework where most people live. Most people are looking at the world through the lens of the diet and exercise model. They're living in diet drama land. So in that world, emotional eating is bad because it is eating for reasons Other than physical hunger, it's eating to soothe an emotional upset somehow that's going to negatively impact that caloric balance sheet because, right, you only get so many calories to eat. And then to to maximize your daily allotment of calories, you want to eat good food and you want to eat the right food and you want to eat the right time and all of that stuff. So to eat for emotional reasons would be a waste of those calories. That's That's why it's, quote unquote, a bad thing. And so then what you do is you wander down the path of spirituality and and therapy, personal transformation, all that stuff, because you're trying to figure out how you can deal with life in such a way that you can stay on your diet. You want to be able to not eat your feelings. You want to be able to heal and transform so that you can express your feelings instead of eating the gallon of ice cream. Now, while that is a noble endeavor, and I want you to be able to be in touch with your authentic self, I want you to be able to to understand who you are and stand in your power and to be able to express your feelings in a productive and constructive manner, it really has nothing at all to do with the food, all right? So the personal development piece gets twisted a little bit within the context of the diet and exercise model. So now we're going to flip over to the little happy calories model for a second. And I want to ask you, why do you eat for physical hunger in the first place? You know, over the over there in diet drama land, they're like, well, only eat for physical hunger or or it is, you know, eat a lot of little mini meals throughout the way just so that you never actually experience physical hunger. But that aside, why would you eat if you're physically hungry? Anyone? (laughs) Because being hungry doesn't feel good. Right. Being hungry does not feel good. You know, there's that joke about being hangry. Um, You get angry because being hungry does not feel good. And I will go a step further than that. Based on my own previous experience, you know, I've alluded to, being hungry hurts. So of course you're going to want to eat. You want to eat to feel better. 
Did you catch that? You are eating to feel better. So I would argue that even eating for physical hunger is quote unquote emotional eating. All eating is emotional. The question is not whether or not you were eating for emotional reasons. The question is, are you eating to feel better or are you eating to not feel bad? I'm going to say that again. Are you eating to feel better or are you eating to not feel bad? And I want you to ponder that for just a second because this is a very powerful powerful statement. Eating to feel ve- eating to feel better versus eating to not feel bad. And the distinction my friends is not between better and bad. The distinction is between feeling and not feeling. Eating to feel better will always work. But eating to not feel bad will never work because we can never not feel. It's it's just a state of the human condition. We feel. We can't not feel. As much as we try to binge it away, drink it away, sleep uh, sleep around it away, uh, shop it away, gamble it away, whatever it is, we cannot we can never not feel. And so that is a huge distinction. So when you start to shift from the idea of you can't eat because it's going to negatively impact that caloric balance sheet and you wander down those those mind games that you get into about like what is my real motivation and am I really really hungry or am I just do I just think I'm hungry because I'm upset about that guy and you know I'm going to I'm going to not eat and then I'm I'm going to go for a walk instead or I'm going to reward myself instead I'm like I don't want to eat to celebrate myself I'm going to do something else I'm going to get a mani pedi or I'm going to get a facial or I'll buy some new shoes or I'll I'll do something I'll do some something else to celebrate myself rather than eat. We do all of these crazy things to not eat because we think eating is bad because of this transaction-based diet and exercise idea. So, when it comes to this idea of emotional eating, within the context of the diet and exercise model, of course, it's complete dysfunction, it's complete chaos and it's complete craziness. So the way to heal that is to ditch that model, to have a fundamental shift in perspective. And I know, I know it's simple. It is very, 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 very simple. It's just not an easy thing to do, especially in the culture in which we live, where we are constantly bombarded with media messages and sound bites and all of these things. And even our our circle of friends that are trying to support us in our weight loss efforts or our body positivity efforts or whatever it is, everyone is coming essentially from this core diet and exercise model. And so that healing and transformation cannot take place, which is why it's simple, but not necessarily easy. In fact, I would I would offer that it is actually the most difficult thing I am ever going to ask you to do is to change, change that mindset. So once we've changed that mindset, everything changes, right? Because there is no price to pay to eat. And happy calories don't count. Um, the reason why happy calories don't count, it's kind of twofold. Happy calories don't count because 
There is no price to pay to eat. And it's also that the title of that book was also a play on the idea that, you know, we we think we have to pay, pay a price to eat. And so if you're when you're out of that model, when you're when you've gotten out of that transaction based model and you're in the relationship based model of now called happy calories world, um, you're happy, you're free. You you have this this vitality and this energy and this peace. It's amazing, and so that's why happy calories don't count because you know we're we're not even thinking in terms of diet and exercise, and and we're happy. We're embracing life and we're embracing our authentic selves and and living our most empowered, audacious, out there self unapologetically. All right. So in this model, eating all eating is emotional even eating for physical hunger because being hungry doesn't feel good. So all eating is an attempt to feel better. And what's great about this is that once you stop feeling better, you just naturally stop eating. Not because there's some external authority telling you that's all the calories you've been allowed to eat today, or, oh my goodness, that's been, you know, a third of the pizza, you better stop now, or, oh, no, 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 you can only have one little bite of that cookie, otherwise you're blowing your diet. Whatever that external voice is, that monkey on your back, that that crazy person in your head, that's gone. Because eating too if you eat past that point of feeling better, you naturally stop eating because the whole goal is to feel better. The whole goal is to feel good. And so the the biggest part of this is people think that, oh, if I can eat whatever it is I want, or if I can, you know, just I'll just go off the deep end, I'll be I'll get as big as a house because, you know, I'll just eat all the pizza or all the ice cream or all the pick your favorite food, whatever it is. And that's not true because they they are missing the piece where your body has your back. Your body wants you to be happy. Your body doesn't want to be as big as a house because from your body's perspective, being as big as a house doesn't feel good, right? Your body knows what it wants and needs to create that optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. It is always guiding you in that direction. But you've been taught you can't trust your body because in the diet and exercise model, they teach you to override your body's instincts. They teach you that you have to disconnect from your body to quote unquote be successful in that model. Okay. So when you're in happy calories world, everything is to feel better. And, and as soon as you go to that place that would be of excess, that would, that would be turning the, turning the wheel so that now you're no longer feeling better, you just instinctively stop. So you, you, you're not thinking in terms of the diet and exercise model. You're thinking of this, this, this place where it's abundance and you can have whatever it is you want. And then when you are genuinely inspired to eat something, you eat it and it's yummy and you're satisfied and you don't need the whole bag of cookies. And then the other thing about it is that when you're connected to your body and you're inspired, then if you're not inspired to eat the cookie, you don't eat the cookie, but you don't feel deprived. Because you know what? You could have the cookie if you wanted it, but you just don't feel like eating it. So you don't feel deprived. All right. So I want to circle back to that piece where I talked about that personal development work. Personal development work is really, really important work. You know, being able to deal with life's ups and downs in a productive and constructive manner 
is a very important thing. There are very important skills to have. But the point of personal development is not to have skills and tools so that you don't eat a cookie when you're angry. The point of personal development is to use those skills and tools when you get angry so that whatever it was in life that made you angry, you can deal with so you don't carry that drama into the relationship with your body. That's the whole point of the personal development work. It has nothing at all to do with the cookie. Okay? So I know, I know, you know, some of those minds were a little blown out there. Um, and it fundamentally comes down to are you looking at the world through the diet and exercise model or are you looking at the world through the lens of happy calories? And if you are looking at the world through the lens of the diet and exercise model, emotional eating is a big old nasty bugaboo and it disconnects you from your body and you do all sorts of cartwheels and head games and it's, it's just a freaking mess. It is painful. It is soul-sucking. It is self-esteem bashing. Um, it is unhealthy, both for your physical self and your mental, emotional, and spiritual self. There are just not enough bad things to say about that. When you are coming at the world from the happy calories point of view, you never have any of those problems. Let me show you why. All right. Let's say you have an impulse to eat a cookie you eat the cookie. You never go into that place where you're trying to do cartwheels and distract yourself so that you're overriding your body's instincts to not eat that cookie. And then finally, your body's had enough or you've had enough and you break down and you have the whole bag of cookies. That, that, you, that road doesn't even open up. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't even exist. You want the cookie, eat the cookie, you're done with the cookie. So that overriding your body's natural impulses thing is done. You're connecting to your body. You're trusting your body. Your body is going to lead you step by step, moment by moment to every action you need to take to create the body that you want. All right. Now there's that other piece. So the piece where you overeat. So you feel bad and then you overeat and then you feel bad about overeating, and then you're trying to not feel bad, so then you overeat again, but then that doesn't work because you can't not feel, and so then you end up feeling bad again, and then you overeat again, and it just turns into this big, nasty, yucky, vicious circle, right? All right, so let's say you get into a state, you're in a happy calories world, yay, yay, everything's all fabulous and wonderful, and then you have this situation where, oh my goodness, um, you overate. Like you had a slip up or, you know, wh wh whatever your term is, you know, um, you just weren't paying attention to your body and and the food tastes really, really good. And then you got up from the table and you had this big old bellyache or, or whatever it is. Right. So you're ar you've arrived at that moment. So this is that moment in time. OK. We're not thinking about calories. So you don't have to worry that you've just, you know, upset the caloric balance sheet and now you're in this huge amount of debt that you'll never be able to work out your way out of because you can't burn off those calories any more than you can earn them. All of that stuff is nonsense. So what happens is you're in the state and you've got a stomach ache. And it's like, oh, crap. Well, that stomach ache is your body's way of expressing its displeasure. It's your body's way of saying, hey, girlfriend, you weren't paying attention to me. This is how I'm going to let you know. And then all you have to do is say, oh, crap. OK, well, I get it. All right. I'll do better next time. 
You don't go into those cycles of, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to work out my way out of this. And so I might as well just eat more or I feel bad about eating that. So I might as well just eat more to try to not feel bad when I can't not feel and all of that kind of stuff. That cycle that you can get into, it might, it might, the, the trigger might happen, but then you don't end up going down the road. You just end up staying where you are and then it just resets itself. So this is truly, truly life-changing. All of the drama, all of the pain, all of the dysfunction that you have around food, your body, exercise, your weight, all of that stuff is based on that core underlying diet and exercise idea. You get out of that idea and a world of possibilities open. You can have peace, you can have freedom, And best of all, because you are following the wisdom and guidance of your body, you are optimizing your body at every moment in time. Now, of course, we're human. You know, we might have a slip up or whatever it is, but that doesn't mean you can't get back to that place. And in an essence, it it really does mimic what they teach in spirituality, you know, those kinds of things. Like, be in the present moment. You can, like, just live in the present moment. Don't be future tripping. Don't be living in the past. Live in the present moment. That type of idea. And when you are coming at things from the perspective of, you know, what I call the happy calories model, happy calories world, a relationship-based model where the relationship is between you and your body— right? Then what happens is this journey that you're on is a lot more fun. It's a lot more free. It's a lot more happy. And if you do have weight to lose, it kind of seems like it happens overnight because of that whole, you know, time is relative thing. Time flies when you're having fun. And so you just turn around one day and it's like, wow, I I just, I just, I did I didn't realize I'd lost all this weight. This this is amazing, you know? And the thing is is that you don't have to wait until you've lost the weight to have the benefits of living in happy calories world. So, let's say, you know, pick a number, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is that you might think that you want to lose at this moment, right now in time, wherever weight you are right now, whatever size or shape your body is right now, you can get into alignment. You can get into the state where your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, and your actions are congruent. And you can let the energy of life flow through the system that is you powerfully and effectively. And you can connect with your body and you can feel amazing. And you can have this, this, this sublime experience of feeling good in your body and feeling good about your body right now, whatever size or shape you happen to be. And then you just moment to moment to moment, keep working at it, keep reconciling your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions, keep connecting to your body, keep doing all of those good things. And as you move forward through space and time, your body changes and you change and everything works together to express your highest self. So again, I know it's kind of a radical idea based on all the other information that you're going to see. And and for some of you, especially for those of you, so how, how do I say? So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you've had pain, shame, and drama around your body and your weight. You know, duh. All right. Now, 
one of two things. You're, you've probably fallen into one of two categories, right? Um, one is that you're kind of, you're just, you're just over it, you know, and, and you're, but you're so locked into the diet and exercise model, you can't really see a way out. Well, that's one level of frustration and pain. The other type of person I'm describing is the type of person, you know, and, and I know both types. I mean, I know all types. I, I work with all different types of people and we have lots of conversations. Um, is that this this has been a bugaboo for a long time. And by golly, you're going to heal it. And so you've been to the naturopaths and you've been to the dietitians, and you've been to the endocrinologists and you've been, you know, you've done the therapy and you've done the self-help work and you've done the personal growth work and you've read the latest blogs and this and that and whatever. And, and all of that stuff is good. And I will submit that all of that stuff has been done from within the context of the diet and exercise model, and that is why you are stuck. When you can move from the diet and exercise model to the relationship-based model of happy calories, all of that stuff that you've been doing, all of that stuff, all that work, all of those things you've been trying to do, suddenly now they work, okay? So I'm gonna leave you with this. Um, your body loves you. Your body has your back. You might not know that. You might not believe that. But your body has your back um, because you two are in this life together. Your body needs you as much as you need it. It can't survive without you. And everything you do affects it. So why would it give you signals that would be lies? Why would it give you any type of signal that would not lead you to take action that would help you and it create the most vibrant, optimal, beautiful, fantastic state and body that you could experience. Why would it? It wouldn't. It makes no sense. Your body is the vehicle through which you experience this life. It is your partner in this lifetime. It has been with you from the moment you were born until the moment you leave this earth. So wouldn't it make sense? Wouldn't it help you? Wouldn't it transform your life to develop a relationship with it? And I will let you noodle on that. And I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care. Take care.